This is Hog Planet, and uh, it's Sam only, no Dan today, which is why uh, we probably fucked up the intro. I, I don't, I don't know how to do any of that shit. I'm not one of these uh, radio guys. Uh, I, I just talk. But uh, here to talk with me, I have brought Jr. and Kevin from our Oakja episode. Say what up to the people. What's up, Jason? Say hi. What's up. Yeah, you got to keep yourself unmuted. Um, all right. So I wanted to just have an episode where I talk about all the weird things that I think about, but I also wanted to not be just ranting into the mic like a lunatic, which I have done before. And I, I thought about doing it again, honestly, but um, it's more fun to talk about this with friends, especially if they're, you know, smarter than you are. And I think that that's, the uh, case here. I've brought two smart friends on to talk about some kind of fun theoretical shit. We're going to talk about um, individualism and (laughs) our our, our negative take on it. Uh, How could something so that's presented as such an unallied, unalloyed good be something that I want to talk shit about? Well, because I think it gets in the way of everything. I think that right now we're facing global challenges like pandemics and climate change that pose a threat to society and the world population as a whole. But we as individuals frequently feel more atomized than ever. What's more, there seems to be a lot of confusion around the topic of individualism. Individual victories are often touted as collective victories, um, while collective victories are often reduced to the individual actions of a single person. Uh, how do, so I want to ask, like, how did we get to this stage is individual in, in we're all, we're gonna sit we're gonna fuck it up like nine thousand times. It's too long of a <laughs> word to it. say that often. Is individualism a natural state of mind for humans, or does that question even matter? Uh, how can we encourage people to think collectively, and what would that even look like? How would our media institutions and conversations change if the good of the collective finally dethroned the cult of individualism? Mm, nice. Thank you so much, Sam, for having me to talk shit about indie music i'm so excited yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we're, we're actually uh, here to shit on the brooklyn indie rock of the late 2000s uh animal collective we're coming for oh amazing i'm so excited your piano's out of tune <laughs> why don't you play some more synthesizers um well i don't know okay so individualism is like obviously a very broad topic so i think it might help um to get into it a little bit with a way that something that is a big way that we're all seeing the clash between individualism and a kind of more collective mindset. And I think the, the first thing I said, the pandemic, and the, by that, I mean the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Um, have you, do you guys hear lots of boomers and older people making the joke like, Oh, what pandemic? What do you mean? Was there something going on in the last week? I, I feel like everyone has made that joke to me. Who's over the age of 40. I've actually never heard that, but I maybe I'm not. Yeah, maybe you have more exposure to boomers than I do. Yeah, That's I don't fair. think I've talked to boomers outside of my job. 
All right, all right. Well, maybe come down from your ivory tower someday, your gilded university life, yeah. and uh, you'll you know have to rub elbows with me and my K Street law firm and talk to some real people. Yeah, I only hang with Gen Xers, sorry, or Gen Zers. All you do is listen to like Billie Eilish and yeah, uh, say Ya Yeet or whatever. Exactly. So either way, uh, with the pandemic, it's something that obviously affects all of us, uh, potentially, basically everyone could get sick. And because it's a, it's a virus that spreads between people and is communicated through by you know, person to person, um, there's, it's something that you can't hide from, but there's a mentality that you could. Um, there's a mentality that you can be an island at this time when you're clearly not. Um, and, I, you know, I, there's a lot of like ways we could approach this. Uh, for me right now, the thing that I'm seeing in DC is they're, uh, they're going to bring back the ma- indoor mask mandate starting on Saturday. Um, the end, my office is going to re- be requiring masks, but they're also still trying to say that we have to go into the office every so often and stuff. Cause they want to keep this whole capitalist machine a run in. But um, I don't know. It's something that's interesting to me because ever since the CDC kind of uh, walked back its initial statement that like, if you're vaccinated, then, you know, people don't really have to wear masks inside anymore. They walked it back and they said something like, we thought we could trust people to make the right decision, but they just, they just won't do it. And we we miscalculated. And I'm like, well, yeah, you fucking did. Uh, number one, like, you're an agency, you're a government agency and a public health agency. You're supposed to take shit like that into account. Right. I don't think they have sociologists on the board, the CDC, which they should. But yeah, they don't give a shit about social forces. So yeah, you might be right about that. Honestly, I, I, I and um, it's it's something that like was so patently ridiculous to me because when they first relaxed the mask mandate, I was like, oh, great. So it's like up to the honor system for people in this like dumbass country where like individual freedom is specifically the most important possible thing. Don't tread on me. Um, it's a HIPAA violation. If you ask me if I'm vaccinated, like all this other <laughs> nonsense, um, it really like shows like how futile it is and how useless it is and how like ill-equipped I think people are to, um, a pro, even like a government agency, a, a public health agency is like, saying, oh, we, we thought we could just fix this on the individual level. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I don't know. How do you guys feel about like individualism and like COVID-19, especially with like the moment we're at now? There's a lot to say, JR. You want to go? You want to start us off? Sure. Uh, yeah, basically, there's no other way that they could have handled this. This is the most like american response uh possible i don't think there was um i mean there was obviously an alternative that would have been better but uh this was always going to be the outcome yeah i think um there's just no we don't really even have like a government like other countries uh other countries that i also think are bad but like at least they have like functioning institutions or more functioning than ours right yeah, I think it really shows our American, very American response really shows the function of the state and the role of the government and, you know, what they feel their job is in service to the people or citizens or countries or whatever, the world, even in a pandemic. And, you know, it's that I think there's a solid reason why people 
have so much distrust for the government and the state and stuff like that. Because once you reduce like all an entire pandemic to the individual actions of like a teenager, then what is your purpose anymore? You know, it's not like you're necessarily making the vaccine either. You're, you're in charge, entrusting that to the capitalists and, actually the workers who are working on the vaccine. And then you're also pointing to the workers to be like, hey, you better wear a mask because you're the reason that the pandemic is going to keep continuing. And so I think, I don't know. um, I don't know what my original point was, but I think that the trust in the state, especially in response to this is, it's it's very rational, I think. Even when we look at like anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, like obviously I don't agree with them, but you know, I don't think the liberal response is that great either. And I think it shows, again, distrust for the state, because what is liberal action? It's, you know, uh, hyper individualization again, like wear your masks, mask shaming and all these like it's just hard for us to believe that the role of a state is to protect us outside of our individual actions. So I think, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a very contentious time and no one has the answers, but we just seem to want to just blame each other and other individuals and feel good about the stuff that we do in this. Right. Whereas I want to blame just everyone wholesale. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I, I think it's interesting what you said though, because I don't want to make this to be interpreted as like, Oh, you know, if everyone was just like the, it, it, like, I don't want to be seen like we're punching down only on, you know, obviously like the, you know, like you said, the anti-maskers or the anti-vaxxers right. or like the Marjorie right. Taylor Green people and like, you know, who don't, who believe that like this is all liberal conspiracy and like their individual freedom to not wear a mask trumps the collective freedom of all of us not to die from, you know, an illness or have our like loved ones die from it. Um, but the liberal response to it is also hyper-individualistic. It seems they, they, they sound sometimes like they're making a co- more collective appeal, but it genuinely is. It does come down to individuals and it becomes down to, like you said, Kevin, shaming other people to being like, so, you know, one person not wearing a mask is not the cause of, co- of COVID continuing to spread, but liberals would have you believe that in a weird way. Like they would say like, oh, well, that one person is indicative of more people who are also like that. And I'm like, I I don't know. Again, it's like on both sides of the, you know, mainstream political discourse on this, there's, there's never any idea that there could be any kind of like collective response to it because like i think a big part of it is because you know like you guys have said the american state is kind of withered at this point um even though the federal government has in some ways more power than it's ever had it also doesn't have any wherewithal to carry out what it wants to do um and i i don't know i i remember early on in covid being like oh this is gonna kick our ass uh for a number of obvious reasons like our dog should healthcare system but i saw like in china they were like building hospitals like rapid fire yeah. like you know talk <laughs> yeah. about a state where like i don't want to like you know again we can president she i'm sorry if you're listening to this i know okay. I, I i don't he like is. to criticize you i want to come live in china when the u.s falls apart but there, <laughs> i, I may have one or two are uh disagreements with the way the chinese government is run i might i don't i'm not saying definitively whether i do or not but um even like in a place like jason, jason like you said like um somewhere that's kind of like I don't agree with everything they do. I was still like, at least they were able to like mobilize really quickly and like on a mass scale like that. Whereas like that capability just doesn't exist here for no. a number of reasons. But I think yeah. the big reason is individualism and like privatization, which is also yeah. like a, an outgrowth of individualism. Exactly. Like and- I think when you see 
like China, like you, you feel their power. Like, let's say you're a citizen, you, you see them erect a hospital in the span of five days. You're like, oh shit, my state exists. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, but like we're sitting here, it's like, what the fuck? Like, I have to watch Biden talk about shit on the TV, but then like I don't see the state, I don't perceive the state except policing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we have some emergency COVID task force, like, or healthcare for that matter. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um. Shit, I'm too high. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> classic hog planet thing um it'll come back to you um yeah the people the only people left to trust the american government or like it like the only people left who don't think the american government is just like shitty and evil on the left or the right like it's just the liberals that live around you sam down (laughs) in the uh uh by langley (laughs) The last hey, bastion. I'm not, I'm, I'm the not la- out in the woods in Virginia anymore. I live in the <laughs> district. Uh, I'm upgraded. I used to live next to liberals who make, you know, $200,000 a year. Now I live next to uh, liberals who make like $400,000 a year. Um, moving up in the world. But, um, but uh, no. they, they like are so condescending about it too. Like they've given like, ev- nobody trusts them on the left or the right broadly defined for a lot of times, like different reasons. Sometimes I guess shared reasons, mostly different reasons um but neither side trusts the government the only people who do are the liberals who happen to be in in charge for the most part um and then they have the gall to like turn around at people and be like oh why are you fucking this up yeah like where's your mask and it's like i don't nobody really wants to hear it from you guys uh Yeah, even even a good idea when I see a liberal yeah, bacon. Yeah, like I agree like with that, Matt, but Yeah, yeah, it's like that Onion article, like the you know heartbreaking, the worst guy you know made the yeah. made a point that's correct or whatever. <laughs> um, no, I definitely agree with like, and and the funny thing about liberals is that you're saying like they're the only people who trust the government, and that's true, but they also don't weirdly because right, you know right. like liberal who liberals trust more than anyone is amazon <laughs> like they love yeah. amazon. <laughs> every every liberal i know is like i love amazon even though yeah. their, their companies you know their labor practices Pure efficiency. Aren't great. they're it's like so nice you can choose yeah they wish they had like they wish they had the guy who designed amazon design obamacare yeah yeah. yeah, no, they, they, and, and people in DC, like talking about being near like some of the goofiest liberals of all time, um, probably the highest concentration of Elizabeth Warren bumper stickers in this Ugh. area than anywhere else in the world. Um, to this day, uh, even though she completely beefed that primary, um, yep. I, the, you know, the thing I see, uh, liberals around here, um, are really into Amazon and they wanted Jeff Bezos because Jeff Bezos also lives like around here um, or he has a house. It's the old textile museum, which should make you fucking furious. Oh Talk about individualism God. running rampant. Like a single guy now lives in a museum, God. a former public museum. Yeah. Um, just shows how fucking insane this has all gotten. But they oh. wanted him to like take over um, the the DC Metro, like the, the subway here. Um, they were like, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could use your Amazon Prime membership to like swipe through the um, My God. No, seriously, seriously. And people here are actually like really happy, especially in um, Northern Virginia. I mean, I'm really happy about that. the second like, quarters. The last two weeks on Twitter, it's just liberals being like Bezos is going to take us to fucking Mars. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, why do you have so much well, faith in this dude? <laughs> that's really it's the 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 individualism that like, yeah. like, they, it's so 
it's baked into like the liberal ideology yeah. that like like Bezos is perfect. Like he Worse. is a uh, he is an individual by yeah, he, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, by the fact of owning something one uh, and two uh, like I don't know owning more than everybody else. Like, he's the ultimate individual. Yeah, and um, he came from struggle. Like we love that's the part of the whole individual. No, he didn't narrative. come from struggle. <laughs> no, he did oh, not. okay. His parents were like Wall Street um traders and he worked on Wall Street before founding Amazon. Well, I and I believe I his parents gave him like a, to like hundreds of thousands of dollars. They attribute hard work to him. I don't exactly that's what I mean. Hard work. Like that's why we revere people like Musk. Like we love that narrative of like people work for this. They built yeah, this it's a lie, but yeah, it's the narrative. It's the narrative, and it's so like that's the problem with liberal well liberalism is obviously a status quo ideology right it's it exists to perpetuate the capitalist state like and th- that's what liberals don't understand like they they love bezos because they want to keep living like this <laughs> like that's what liberalism is uh but um yeah i lost my point but either way i always i always get distracted when i start talking about liberals no definitely and i i think it's interesting <laughs> to talk about um individualism in the business world because it's somewhere that like the individualism is like enshrined in you know billionaires because they can really do whatever they want um especially someone like bezos i mean literally like the richest man in the world and um when when they announced that jeff bezos was going to step down from um from amazon my first thought was like okay so who cares um (laughs) like amazon's still going to be an evil fucking nasty company and there's still going to be a great source of evil in the world but then i realized i'm like yeah you know, that's kind of like the dream, right? For an entrepreneur is to have a great, a good exit, like to set to, you know, get out and um, go do, go do their new thing. And he gets to now be the space guy or something like that. Yep. yep. He gets to be an individual now. Yeah. But he gets to go assert like, uh, don't enjoy America's freedoms or the world, I mean, the world's freedoms, the whole world's basically. You know, what's interesting. Uh, Trillbillies actually made this point, but I think it was super interesting. Uh, They were talking about how, um, you know, it's possible that Bezos like stepping out of Amazon was very much like a very PR move. Because if you think about all like this, like this, like last 10 years of like elevated class consciousness, I'm, I'm saying that in quotations and like critique of the billionaires, like Amazon has a lot to gain by distancing itself from Bezos because <laughs> yeah, yeah, there for it the, is. For the people <laughs> listening to audio only, I have a hideous picture of Jeff Bezos with this this stupid space cowboy hat and uh, whatever kind of fillers or like cheek implants he got done before going on TV. I have so much anger by looking at that picture. Like I just and yeah, my neighbor stopped by just to say say hi to the hogs, Jeff. Oh my god! I fuck. When are we gonna? When are we gonna just like stop doing cowboy shit and stop wearing cowboy hats and like just? When are we gonna? Always, like it's been it's been a couple like centuries. Can we just enough? Like no, literally, literally <laughs> never. Um, it's because it, yeah, I mean you couldn't have like said it any like any better when are we gonna stop doing this the cowboy mythos is nothing like what actual cowboys were like oh it's it's sort of like maybe this is like somewhere we can go with this because we've been saying um how individualism is so dumb and yada yada but i think people don't realize how um recent of a kind of ideology especially in the way it is it's it's um imposed in the u.s how recent that is and how constructed that is by like advertising and media i mean like the cowboy mythos has taken a long time to die and most cowboys number one most cowboys were like were black um or hispanic they were not like white 
but but the, I the, know the that. you know like, like the literal West, cowboys like yeah actual oh cowboys, yeah, yeah, not yeah like yeah, the outlaws yeah. I mean, not like Western, not like a movie not like cowboys in movies but that's yeah people um do think that movies are more real than real life which is a very 20th century oh. thing but yeah. um but yeah they they think they're thinking uh like jeff bezos is dressing up like this not because he's like oh me going to space is the continuum of all these poor people who wrangled cows for a living no he's he's like drawing a line between him and like you know, John Wayne or like someone you would see, like someone you would see on Gunsmoke or something like that. Like yep. it's a very kind of like characterized, uh, stylized idea of like this rugged individualist. Right. It's the, it's the final frontier mythos. Like Grandin talks mm-hmm. about this and uh, Empire Workshop, but you know, that's like our engine. Like everyone wants to be Bezos. Everyone wants to be a, a, a cyberpunk tech cowboy who is a capitalist and like has enough money to bring himself to space. Like, you know, we all are craving this like individual is going to take us into space. Like, yeah. whose dog is that <laughs> that's uh that's my dog lou and his uh raccoon toy special is guest uh blue and the raccoon toy on this episode blue that's right five guests toy. this time does he want to come talk about individualism no lou lou is uh psyche is free from all that Oh, but see this is a pure. perfect example of how individualism has distracted from the common goal of the podcast <laughs> which is actually more of just my <laughs> personal individual goal anyway but <laughs> either way um uh sorry um you're fine i do now, i don't remember where we were in the conversation necessarily so kevin um, you were you were saying some really interesting shit to me which was like um the uh like space is like the final frontier and um the connection between i think we can draw another connection Mm -hmm. between imperialism and maybe manifest destiny specifically and individualism because um i don't know a lot of the phrase you know the go west young man slogan and stuff like that was very it was like it was and the homestead act like the way the west was settled or you know one as as white people like to put it um was very much on an individual basis it was like you'll go out there obviously it was a government program but it was a government <laughs> program where they paid people individuals to go out and like stake their own land and like improve the land right. which is also harkening back to this weird like jeffersonian idea of like individual farmers cultivating the land um and of course some of those farmers may might have the help of like a couple thousand slaves but we don't need to mention that in the annals of history too much but um i don't know like wh- yeah what do you guys think about like individual like material or uh, manifest destiny and individualism and Im- american imperialism so i have a quick thing jason or J- jason go first oh, okay um yeah that th- this image behind you of jeff bezos is uh like like the cowboy has never going away like that is the united states it's just like the most distilled united like this might as well be the flag this picture just <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> um oh my god the, I would, the, actually it'd be so much better if we just put bezos on our flag and like, it would make things so much easier <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's the like you were saying kevin greg grandin talks about it in his work um and it's a uh, originally from a historian at the turn of the 20th century um turn of the 19th century i don't know centuries i don't know the phrase um oh, well anyway it was like at 1900 ish this guy f- uh, turn of the Frederick 20th Turner? century okay the turn, turn of the, of the 19th century into the 20th century 
Okay, right. <laughs> what century are we in now? I don't even. The twenty first century. What? Okay. <laughs> century Z. All right. Anyway, uh, the, this historian, um, I think it's Frederick Turner. Um, had, I might be wrong about the name though. Uh, had the frontier thesis, which is basically yeah. the United States was so successful um, because there was always land out west that if um, there's social conflict of any kind that there was a re release valve um, in the west uh, where you can send people to have their own land like the homestead act um, mm -hmm. and kind of like reduce the social tensions uh, now that like became what it was to be American in a, in a certain way. Like that is the most individual you can get. That's the, you know, the rugged individualism. Um, we all, we all kind of know what we're talking about. It's, it's in that, like, it's in the vocabulary of like everyday people, like pull yourself by the bootstraps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but this, that was like the ideal, um, and we've taken that uh, past the West Coast and basically Whoa. around the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and Jeff Bezos is wearing a cowboy hat, uh, just like the, uh, the myth, the mythological, mythological cowboy of, uh, you know, American film. Yeah. Italian yeah. film, I guess. Uh, and literally has conquered the world and is going into space yeah uh mm -hmm. to right the final frontier yeah. um it's uh, funny though because everything underneath him while he's in space is like in america is just hollowed out like destroyed <laughs> just like falling apart but uh falling apart you know, because of that yeah and we all want to revere the thing that hollows us out just so yeah, we could look at a picture no, of it's on Jeff TV. Bezos going into space. Because that's yeah. what we think we need. Celebrities. And so many people are like, this is all I have. Like, this is like, so many people were like, oh my, like, you can't let me just think it's cool that Jeff Bezos right. went to space. Yeah. And I'm like, look, the Soviet right. Union did exactly what he did in like <laughs> the fucking 1960 or some shit. Like, get a, number one, it's not even right. that cool. Um, <laughs> so, like, find something cooler. I don't know, read a book. Yeah, like, for once exa in your life. yeah, like, but, um, guitar I don't know. But yeah, they they people were like, like this is all I have, and there's no question of like why don't I have anything else? Or any other yeah, there's no community anymore. There's no yeah. uh, there's no mass politics of any kind. There's no sense of being able to like make a difference in uh, public policy or political decision making or anything. Yeah. It's totally uh everybody's atomized and alienated and isolated yeah so i mean I, here's the thing it's like really hard to blame these people because they're operating with the tools that are given to them right? right like the hegemonic tools of like consumerism and uh ngos like whatever right um it's really hard to blame them but jason i'm glad you brought that up because there's a link that i definitely want to make if we're going to talk about individualism um so i think it's important to distinguish um or at least define ideology and materiality um, when it comes to individualism. Because when we talk about individualism, it's not necessarily just an idea, this idea of like self-reliance and like keeping to myself. 
ideology is a very Marxist tool to help us point to the actual material relations of things, right? So I think when we think individualism, we have to link it to capital and capital expansion because, or else we're just talking about individualism out of the context of what's going on and how it actually serves uh, capital expansion. So Jason, when, we, when, you, when you talked about like when the frontier, you know, of, of land grab and all that expanding globally, so we, we'll call that globalization, let's say, um, we're talking about how the frontier of capital expanded and how the need to incorporate poor countries or like quote unquote developing countries under the fold of capital for capital ex uh, extraction, but also a global supply of labor to keep that capital flow going. So when we talk about individualism, we have to talk about the role of like, what is this ideology and how is it related to why Bezos can go to space? Like there's a real materiality behind this idea of individualism that actually is so pervasive that we, we can't even begin to think about how billionaires relate to it or how like these extractive practices of cor corporations relate to my individual identity and my a lack of community alienation from work and life and uh whatever and even down to the family and like kinship groups so everything is structured in this way so when we're talking about individualism we're also talking about global capitalism like we have to be and i think what jason said really um emphasizes that yeah jason also i wanted to mention when you talked about frederick dax jackson turner's ideas um about like the sort of a like the west is like sort of a safety valve that idea is not um isn't wasn't even new at his time um in before when the when the americas were first you know settled by you know or by the um by the british they would send they wanted to send like the worst people from british society the people who were causing trouble um and who were i mean for lack of a better word they were kind of individualists in that they weren't following the rules of society and of course um england at that time was also going through kind of you know the loss it had already gone through like the loss of the commons um and it was also trying to push a lot of those people out into ireland to colonize that which was like the trial run for colonizing the americas um and when uh, i I, th I thought it was really interesting i'm thinking about um nancy eisenberg's book white trash where she talks a lot about mm -hmm. this and the way um the frontier was always a place even after like you know uh british people had sent uh their their you know dregs of society their literal they would literally call them waste people um they would like send them out to the colonies then people in the colonies once they started you know having money and building cities and like not eating one another and like shoes and shit to survive um they started to have the same problem which is like these waste people who had been told that they could go out there and do whatever they wanted and go fuck off and then they were but they were like part of another society because that's the only way humans can really like survive and propagate because we don't really have that, that many skills on our own um and uh either way so they would push them out to the frontiers and um like andrew jackson was very much 
uh, a frontiersman on that. He was, he was, his support was uh, the original term of crackers comes from like people who would settle the swamps and like North Carolina and stuff like what was considered, you know, the West when um, Americans at first showed up, um, you know, as colonizers. But um, that, that process is actually really advantageous to the goals of empire and then ultimately to the goals of capital because you're sending, when you send those people like, violent, dangerous, um, people who don't, who want to carve out their own plot of land, do whatever they want, don't want to be part of society. You send them out to, you know, the, the Americas were not an, un, an empty wasteland. They were, it was filled with native people who had advanced societies and they would come in contact with those people and they would kill them. Um, and then that led, led, led to just more room. And when you have people who are, you know, out there, they're as atomized as they can be like subsistence farmers out in like unhospitable terrain that they've never really been in, then it's easy for the army to come in and be like, well, actually like it, it makes it so much easier to like, to pave over that land. And that's how like westward expansion happened in the U S was like sending, you know, um, just basically like like ragamuffins and like you know scoundrels and like warmongers out west um so that they could like sub subjugate the natives and then once that process was complete then it was very easy to just you know pave capital over them um yeah. and i think that process honestly the way we can tie this to bezos is like that process has basically taken over the entire world at this point you just know there are very few places you know since the fall of the soviet union there's nowhere you can go to escape capitalism at all um in this in this day and age uh even if you i will tell you i've been to cuba and uh you're not escaping capitalism down there because they've got a big you know the, capitalism maintains a chokehold on them they're only doing as well as they are because of their system but it's not like you're absent um capitalism there it's not like a utopia you know this utopia where you don't have to pay for anything like they um i don't know uh like bezos now is going to the moon because he wants to like you know export all of our pollution there or something so that we can <laughs> clean up the earth or like some weird shit and of course it's just again like yeah it's just capitals is going beyond going first around the entire world and now beyond the limits of like the atmosphere because it has to expand and multiply itself it has it has to keep expanding yep and obviously throwing pollution out is very cost effective for capitalists it's mm -hmm. very and it's honestly it might be the only solution like operating <laughs> under capitalism like it actually might be the only thing left that we can actually do because we're so fucking deep in this shit like you know Maybe. what i mean we could build like a giant <laughs> vacuum uh i just like suck up all the bad stuff and then reverse it shoot it out into space <laughs> we'll stick that we'll stick <laughs> that's, that but that's literally what they want to do <laughs> so they literally are saying this and honestly like uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the way we gotta do it. Like, to, there are certain things of like pollution where I'm like, how in the fuck are we ever gonna deal with that? Like the, yeah, you know, they just like dump <laughs> nuclear waste in the desert, like hundreds yeah. of miles down. And then, um, Jason, I know you know about this, but like the, they like have signs on it that are in like ruin, like basically in like pictograms. They're like, please don't open this because it's yeah. like if, if in like ten thousand years, some kind of like human society is like, um is going down there and they yeah, just open it up it'll be it. catastrophic for them still they'll have yeah. no fucking idea why they try to use the most basic symbol to like so that human beings are like sentient life like whatever oh my god tens of thousands of years of the future will like be able to recognize that symbol so uh, arrogant that they think that they even think yeah I don't know. <laughs> they even, would other sentient life even use symbols i don't know 
Yeah, and and they and even that I think suggest suggests like that um, how deep we think of individualism that we think it's like a, a real natural trait of like humanity because I'm like, okay. why would you assume that in like 10,000 years people would wander around to the fucking desert and want to like dig a hole? Like that's like right. what you guys have done. Maybe Not everybody was late, like though, that. Because of global warming. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Sam, I want to point to the natural thing you said. And I think that it's important to talk about naturalization and how we naturalize individualism because that is how we keep it running. So we like to think that, you know, being an individual is like a very natural phenomenon. We, we make it synonymous with the idea of a human being, right? Like it, you're a human being, so you're an individual, but that's, that's something that we have to actively challenge every day if we're gonna overcome any sort of, and like institute the material change that we want. Like we have to fight the idea that like individual, the individual like trumps everything it's natural and that's how ideology shrouds um and i really want to make it a point that you know when we talk about ideology like for the audience that when we talk about ideology we're not talking about ideas we're talking about actual ideology means material conditions when we talk about individualism we're not talking about this idea we're talking about the the actual relations between people, things, social institutions, the state, land, uh, history, like, that's what ideology is. That's what individualism is. I'd I'd like to read a a Marx quote, if I can, that I think will really uh, give us some some background uh, on what ideology means in a uh, in the context of historical materialism, which is M- Marx's theory and method of history um, from the German ideology. Uh, definitely recommend reading part one if you're interested in yep, uh, what historical materialism is. And uh, Have we all read it? I think we, I think we might be all the like the biggest yeah. nerds possible. You'll read it if you were, yeah. If you, also if you're like dumb enough to go to grad school, they'll make you read it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's me. Yep, I was literally indoctrinated. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, it's it's a little long, Just read it. and Just I'm read not gonna it. rush through it because I think uh, it's important. So. He says, the ideas of the ruling class are in every epoch the ruling ideas, i.e. the class, which is the ruling material force of society, is at the same time its ruling intellectual force. The class, which has the means of material production at its disposal, has control at the same time over the means of mental production, Mm -hmm. so that thereby, generally speaking, the ideas of those who lack the means of mental production are subject to it. The ruling ideas are nothing more than the ideal expression of the dominant material relationships. The dominant material relationships grasp as ideas. And there's a, there's a follow-up here, but I, I just want to pause there for a second and kind of um, get into that last sentence and what, what Marx means by that. Uh, the ruling ideas are nothing more than the ideal expression of the dominant material relationships. So the, the ruling ideas of a society, the most popular ones, your, 
your common sense, uh, the common sense of a society is nothing more than the expression of the dominant material relationships, but the ideal dominant material relationships. So we, we live under capitalism. Um, and if, if you're a Marxist, uh, there's plenty of critiques to be had of capitalism, but the, the ruling ideology won't necessarily, uh, it can make room for critique, but it won't uh, make room for critique that'll actually challenge it too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what we think is our common sense, the ruling ideas, the ideology uh, is the ideal expression of the way our society is structured. So it's freedom and liberty and being able to make it on your own and uh, individualism and everything that is in, uh, nestled into that category of individualism. Uh, it's all the good things, uh, leaving out most of the bad things. Mm-hmm. So that's why a liberal democracy can also be <laughs> like a ridiculously segregated, uh, like state sanctioned, like uh, racism and discrimination, uh, you know, just kill people unilaterally around the world, whatever, but mm. also. Uh, we're a beacon of democracy because that's the function of ideology to make you think what we are doing is the opposite of what we are doing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So real quick, let me, I just want to jump in. Um, So David Harvey, who's uh, a Marxist geographer over at CUNY, um, he, I, he writes about neoliberalism a lot. Anyway, he says, he has a chapter in his book, Brief History of Neoliberalism, where he talks about freedom as an ideology. And he essentially says that freedom is the big red button that they can press to go do anything. And he talks about in the context of the Iraq war, you know, uh, for freedom. So then we can go to war. So this is the ideal expression of like the shit they want to get in other countries and the shit they want to do to other people. It's freedom. And yeah. now the, the masses are like, yeah, fuck yeah, freedom. And now they can go do what they want to do. But they don't have to report back to the masses or anything like that. Like, Yeah. And you got to ask, like, what is uh, freedom? Because when they say we're going to bring Iraqis freedom or uh, even in the ideal form, like what what supporters think is going to happen when you invade Iraq, uh, the idea, the definition of freedom is still like freedom to buy different shit <laughs> like that, that's it that's all they need freedom um, is this. anyone who doesn't, doesn't even want do that, that so anyone who doesn't want that is a freak according to yeah his exactly, like remember exactly. when um Hates like freedom. in the post 9 11 years like they hate us for our freedom um at the, uh, i remember george bush said 9/11. to go shopping yes bush said to go shopping <laughs> that's how because that's how you get back at them and you know what he might be onto something <laughs> he may have honestly been saying <laughs> the quiet part out loud honestly <laughs> Like I, the the Iraq war years and like the the Af- the war in Afghanistan were 
maybe like a really good, like maybe that's something else we can get into and how it relates to individualism because it was, it also had the frontier mindset that we all have, uh, we're you know, described. Um, it was supposedly this like lawless, God forsaken land that needed to be tamed um, as if they hadn't already been colonized by the British before and whatever, but what, I, I don't know. Maybe they didn't do, they didn't do as good a job as we could have. Cause you know, we look like this We're we're like dope cowboys and stuff. Um, we're gonna, like, and you could raise like a surplus from the land and sell it right on a market instead of like just like fur trading or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, like the, 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 the idea that we were up against this like faceless enemy, but also the fact that like the, you, the average American was very, unless you knew someone who was in the armed forces um, was very removed from it, especially like liberals too. Like we were talking about how liberals can talk about the society they want and then the society they actually create. I mean, like, you know, Obama was all about how he was going to, you know, end the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, had mixed results with both, um, claimed he wanted to close Guant Guantanamo, failed repeatedly at it, and even started war in, you know, in Libya and um, was, you know, I think the, the Saudi um, arms that, that like the U.S. sells them dates to Obama years where they were using it against the Yemenis. Um, Obama also established AFRICOM, like just the yeah. center of like unaccountable military bases in the middle of like Central Africa. Why not? Who who doesn't need that? Um, and and yeah, there was like a div I think in both cases, people were very divorced from the material reality of like what it means to be at war, especially because like with the with the um, Iraq and Afghanistan war, they just straight up put it on a credit card. They were like, ah, we'll deal with this. Like they went, they, did, they went like full Keynesians on uh, war, you know, yeah. in the Bush years. And if you um, live uh, in the empire, in the center of empire, mm -hmm. uh, with a volunteer army, it slash mercenary army, uh, you don't ever have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, like about you, war. but you individually, there were also a lot of people individually who were like living um, vicariously through that. Do you remember yeah, seeing like yeah, yeah. bumper stickers like remember the towers, get the bastards and shit like that? Like a lot. I remember like seeing like people who I went to middle school with sharing like me, like proto memes on like MySpace and shit that said like, get ready, Afghanistan. Like this is what you <laughs> oh, got yeah. coming. And it was like a picture of like cluster bombs and stuff. And I was just like, there was that song time to bomb Saddam. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> fucking that God. Shit? That was like a fucking meme <laughs> song from 2005. I hate this timeline, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They, they identify it's, I mean, it's great. The freedom loving, like anti-government, uh people uh, just like identifying with the like most violent manifestation of the state but it's it's because it's so and that's the problem like going back to german ideology and marx like that's the problem with ideology it's the role of ideology is a camera obscura it ideology shrouds right it, it, it what its job is to shroud material relations and it, it, it's so good at it like look how thick ideology is we have bumper stickers like we have songs, like it's so good at its fucking job. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's used as a weapon, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a consent button. It's a big red button. Like, but um, so I, I want to pivot um, because we've been talking about ideology and it's all it's it's uh I think it's crucial theoretical background for like because yeah, uh otherwise someone might listen to this and be like, What who cares if people are individuals? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, what impact does that have on society? And I'm like, that's not what we're saying. We're talking about how individualism manifests itself in the material relation and social relations 
um, that we have to deal with day and day and the, the things that actually drive history if you're you know, mm -hmm. a historical materialist. Mm -hmm. um, and I think with individualism, what, what you were saying, Kevin, that it's like a camera oscura or um, Jason, what you were saying where like the ideology of the ruling class is always gonna be the ideal form, not the one that actually exists because people don't wanna see what, they, what already exists. People hate what already exists. If you told people that they were living in like individualist, uh, if, if, if we could get everyone convinced that individualism was like the reason that everything's as bad as it is and that you lived in a purely individualist state, then you would, I think people would get on board, but we don't because like we know humans, it, it's, it's, it is like the opposite of how reality actually is because yes. no human society ever made it uh, because of like, I, I'm sorry, like even like yep. hunter gatherer mm -hmm. societies, even like all the, like, you know, any society you think back on of like, they, these were, you know, just rugged frontiers men or like, you know, right. wanderers. They only survived because there was more than one of them. They, that's, there's yep. humans on their own. We're not Especially. like tigers. We're not exactly. Like, we're not tigers. <laughs> we're not like uh, apex we're not predators. Fucking wolves. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We're Even wolves. wolves. Oh, wolves have like really. Yeah. Yeah. I only said. Stuff. I only. I'm not a biologist. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I only said, I said tiger because of the Chinese proverb. Uh, there can only oh. be one um, tiger on the mountain, which I just put your apologies to China for the second not time. I'm familiar with that proverb. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I only said that because like we have this lone wolf like mythos of like success in this country. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to recognize our social relationships and like structure and where we are in society and positionality. Like that's the that's the problem like yeah definitely and i think um so i think like you can't talk also about the way individualism is an ideology and about how it um recreates society i think we have to, we have to talk a little bit about how like recent it is and honestly i think a big part of like our it's the current idea of, of individualism, the current our ideology of individualism, the way it manifests in society today, um, is inextricable from white supremacy. Uh, yeah. Especially if you relate it to empire, like we've been saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like people who aren't white can't be individualists and recreate that ideology and manifest it on their societies. Because I mean. You know, I work in immigration. I work with plenty of people who are rugged individualists and are not white and are not from here and stuff. Um, so that's not what I'm what I'm saying. What I am saying is that like it, th they are in a large way tied together. And I also don't want yes. people. Some conservative dingus is going to listen to this and think like I mean that. Um, you know, individualism makes you, being individualistic makes you racist. Like that's not really what I mean. Um, what I mean is like the way like the ideology of individualism um, frequently is used as like. Uh, sort of it's sort of a there's a solipsism and a narcissism to it that um honestly are remind me of white supremacy because like when we're talking about with empire you know they like the white settlers in the u.s were so solipsistic that they didn't see the natives as other people or if they did they didn't see them as other people in any kind of meaningful way where they would treat them like themselves like they didn't they didn't practice the golden rule is what i'm trying to say but um i don't know like uh i guess like, what are your thoughts on like how, uh, cause we talked a bit about how it relates to empire, but, um, I mean, empire is also inherently, you know, white supremacist, um, the way it's done, you know, mm -hmm, last 500 mm -hmm. years. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, what, what's just interesting historically about that is, uh, in 
a lot of cases, they did, settlers did think of, the, in North America, to think of uh, the indigenous peoples as people. Uh, but they were, they kind of have like different categories and they have like their own ideology back then. We're like, they're people, but they're savages. Savages are people, uh, but they're people who live like us Europeans lived uh, before we had uh, farming. Yeah. Uh, which like, I, I mean, there's a whole bunch going on there, but. Uh, <laughs> and we agree. Uh, they recognize. What? <laughs> We agree wholeheartedly with all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they like granted these these tribes sovereignty. Um, that's that's how they were able to sign the treaties with them. They saw them as like sovereign people, sovereign nations that you can go sign a treaty with at the table. Uh, but that, <laughs> you know, it didn't matter when they wanted land. Like they, they weren't under impression like, oh, like we're killing something less than human to, uh, you know, settle this land or something. They're like, oh, no, like, I mean, yeah, they're people, but we we need that land. So we need the land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, what are you going to do? Uh, that yeah. was basically. Uh, yeah, it's just like interesting. It's contradictory. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. They're also doing the I think you should leave bit where it's like they're not they don't really matter. So like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, sorry, Kevin, you were, I think I th- you were going to say something. Yeah. Wait, could you just repeat your question? I just want to get everything in my head right before I say it. Sure. I, I guess I was just asking, like, what, what like how can we describe the connection between white supremacy and um, individualism and, right. or the individualist right. okay. like Western ideology um, yeah. and uh, like. Without it sounding like, you know, oh, if you're an individual, if you feel right. like you're so, an individualist, you're a racist or something like that. So I think it's really important. And Sam, you you kind of mentioned this, but when I'm talking, when we're talking about individualism, we're not talking about the individual, the, 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 the life force. We're not talking about the soul, right? We're talking about something social, something interpersonal, something interactional, something relating to outside of you. So I just want to make that distinction clear. Like we're not talking about you being an individual as being bad, but rather you, your, the relationship of how this ideology operates and your connection to it being bad. Um, so uh, I think that, yeah, when we think about individualism today, let's just in American society, I think it's a camera obscura because it really does shroud. It shrouds our material conditions and our positional relationship to labor and capital. So when we think about, when we perpetuate this ideology of individualism, it's it's constructing a very particular type of freedom, a a very classed, race, gendered form of freedom. So when we're not talking about, when we're talking about individual freedom, we're not talking about everyone's individual freedom. We're talking about where is the power? Who has the power to be free individuals? those are, that's real individualism, right? So we're talking about like rich white people or like, or like even rich transnational, like the transnational elite, right? So I think it's important for us to be able to identify power when we're talking about individualism. Like where is the power and how is individualism constructed in a way to keep them powerful, right? So my idea of individualism is not the same as Jeff Bezos's idea of individualism and freedom. He, he probably thinks his 
individual freedom is like, you know, this is natural. This is society is structured in a way for me, you know, and I'm an individual, but but society isn't structured that way for everyone. Right. Like we know that we know of all the different forms of oppression and, and the differential access to institutions and healthcare and all that shit. Like how, how is that freedom? So I think that's how I want to respond that when we think about individualism, we're thinking about power and the disempowered, but we're talking about it like it's equal access to power all around. You know what I mean? We're talking about like it's an individualism for everybody, but it's not. If we keep operating under this form of individualism, we get what we are in right now and we keep perpetuating it. Like, this is what individualism, it's all of these forms of oppression. And like, even now we have fucking vaccine inequalities, right? Like, this is your individualism. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, I think it's interesting in the like, um, in the sense of how, yeah, like you said, Jeff Bezos has a different idea of individualism than any of us can have because he's had much more um he's had much more go his way and he's in it there i and it's i think where i'm going with this is that like it makes me think of when people are like oh the net you could be the next bill gates or like someone else could be the next jeff bezos or something or like and i'm like there can really only ever be one per like we're at the stage in human development i think where like we can't really sustain another jeff bezos you know what i mean like he's already kind of I, I don't know. There's, there's a very, unless we obvious, go into space, unless, yeah, we go unless, space. unless he succeeds <laughs> and we get to live in space. And honestly, that's something that's like really dark because we've been talking a lot about how individualism um, can like individual, how ideology replicates itself, how the rule, how the I, ruling classes ideology um, and how they're able to like impose it on people and also how to, they're able to sustain it and recreate it. Um, like if, and sort of Kevin, what you said earlier, like, how else can we develop like because of pollution and stuff now it's like are we gonna be living in jeff bezos's health hell uh world where we're gonna you know depend on sending all of our pollution to the moon or like what we're gonna what was his idea we're gonna live on the moon so that we can clean up earth with like robots of like i mean some they'll probably send just send poor people down there to like shovel shit in the co- in oh, you know yeah. toxic waste and stuff i don't know um Wally. he just watched wally <laughs> yeah, I mean, it basically is like, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a, that's another exa- interesting like vision of the future. It's like, I, I, I wonder like with it reproducing itself to such a degree and it being so entrenched, like if there it can, how could we avert a future where we don't mm. rely mm. on Jeff mm. Bezos setting succeeding and setting up moon colonies to like because if he did that and if I actually thought that's what he wanted to do and if I thought he wanted to do that for a good reason I'd be like well I mean it's what we got to do I don't know anybody else who's responding yep. who's working on yep. it like this but again individualism is a lie and he's not doing he's not going to do it for these reasons and if he right. does if he does succeed in doing it it won't be him doing it himself it'll be like it'll all be the workers it'll be the yeah. people who actually do it right. um but right. we'll still think of it this way as if jeff bezos right. himself went up and like rolled his sleeves up and solved the pollution problem which is a lot right. of how people view elon musk and bill gates and all these other you know billionaire entrepreneurs i think that question is like 
one of the like deepest, it's our biggest challenge right now. Like, how do we prevent this? Right. Because I think when we talked about individualism, it's like we operate under it. It's important. I, I think that way too. Everyone thinks that everyone is kind of forced to think that way because this is the society we live in. So it makes it that much harder to actually disentangle ourselves from it. And it's almost, it sometimes feels like super deterministic and hopeless. And I think this is the question that we should tackle like here and, and also in our society today. Like, Yeah, I, I, it's interesting for me is like, I'm an only child and um, I have never really like the idea of being alone is like my most of my life. <laughs> and um, I, and, and you know, also, you know, single parent for most of my life as well. So I was like, I have always been like weirdly social, even though I'm like a loner in many ways and I'm a characteristic only child, I still mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I, I, I find it like if I just sit down and think about it, like in the abstract, thinking about just being, um, you know, being the platonic ideal of like the Jeff, you know, someone like Jeff Bezos who can just escape the travails of the world and go to space or something and like live on the moon by myself and do the, sing the songs I want to sing. Like mm -hmm. um, that, that never appeals to me on a like on that like simple level. Um, like if I, if I were to envision my future, that's like the opposite of what I would envision. <laughs> like yeah. I, I've always sought more like connection and like community with other people because I've like lacked it for a large part of my life in many ways. And like, um, I don't know, uh, like, I, I guess like I, I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot. Cause I've been trying, like you said, to brainstorm, like, how do we get people to realize like, it's good to feel belonging. It's good to be part of a collective. Like we've been fed so much nonsense about like, you don't want to be just part of the machine, man. But then it, you like, there's no real way to like anything happens without you are part of action. the machine. Like, yeah. No matter what. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're already part of a collective. It's yeah. just a collective that's uh collective that hates each other. Like yeah, there's a collective that's yeah. Just being like just super exploited and driven towards extinction. Right. I like a hundred people. Yeah. yeah. And not being able to imagine anything different which is that's see yeah, that's the thing yeah. like we need to dedicate a lot of energy and time to imagining an alternate reality like that's the only thing that'll happen so i think two things need to happen first in order to do anything about this situation we need to identify again where power is and we need to be able to point to it right like, that's why we love critiquing Jeff Bezos, because we know he's fucking evil. Yeah. But we don't know how he's evil exactly. Like, we don't understand, like, the mechanisms that relate to Be Bezos and, like, a worker in Poland working at a fulfillment center and why he can't feed his family, right? Like, we need to be able to do that. Like, yeah. this is a task of the left, but this is a task of everybody. Like, even the right seems to mm. hate rich people i get i don't know what they're it's a very convoluted yeah, they're idea some weird shit on like the yeah they, they do weird shit. show but they're like oh amazon's bad because they're bringing in immigrants or something i don't know it's weird oh uh, that's a whole yeah that's a whole nother thing but like seriously like if we can't even point to the enemy and like understand like what power is it's just we're just talking in circles and what's what i find like so unfortunate also... sorry go ahead oh uh I was going to say, uh, in addition to that, we also have to be a way, uh, find a way to, to take power, like, well, <laughs> yes. uh, like destroy yes. their power. Um, yep. cause 
uh, yeah, you need to be able to identify the enemy, but uh, it doesn't help to identify the enemy if he's, if you're like, oh, he's above me, stomping on my head, like, right. and you're not able to do anything about it. Right. Um, so we need so to, be able to, to find a way to be able to do something about it, yeah. uh, which yeah. is, uh, you know, the the question for and, the left. And that the past, involves like that involves collective thinking and collective like it does it can't be like because yeah if it was as simple as like yeah. killing jeff the Bezos, then we could do it it would be easy oh, imagine. Like, holy shit. Be, i mean i'm not you saying kill every you could kill everybody yeah. in power and it wouldn't and, it would and society like, would like, recreate just all the billionaires right. all the politicians and somebody will just like take their spot yeah because yeah. we the a, working a class guy. the subjugated will make sure it stays in place <laughs> like right like that's why it's, it's so hard it's all we know unless we can imagine something else. Yes. Um, yes. And so like, so yeah. And, and it's interesting to me, cause I'm like, even, so even if you want to like point, like begin the work of like pointing at Amazon as like a collective issue and like, or like a large, like a, a societal issue or a systemic issue, which in the United States, you could argue it is. Um, you can't really use the internet to a large degree without using Amazon products. And like, I remember reading somewhere that like only like a third of their money comes from like their retail side. The rest of it is business to business, um, text consulting and sales. Um, and that's something that you could, you could never boycott that unless you like happen to run, you know, a cybersecurity firm or something, which in which case you probably would be happy to go buy the Amazon software and you want to become Jeff Bezos and stuff. But, um, like, as you start to like wonder, like, cause if, if Jeff Bezos were to drop dead tomorrow, I mean, he's not even the CEO of Amazon anymore. Amazon, yeah, but God willing, it would be fun <laughs> if he did. But like, even like, uh, even if he did, we would be stuck with confronting the issue of all the people who would rise to take his place. And that's where you start to, I don't want to say like, take, you got, we have to take personal responsibility here because that's like some dumb individualist bullshit. But like, there is a certain like reckoning that I think um, people that like broadly as a collective, like society we need to have of like, how do we like, like imagine some i think the way to do it is to imagine something different but how do we like point the finger at the ills in society because at a certain level you're gonna end up pointing at yourself depending on where you sit in the system you know like i know plenty i bought from amazon i know plenty of people who work for amazon i don't agree with my employer i'm not sure how you guys feel about yours like there's a certain level to like it's so difficult because we are so used to approaching it from an individualist framework. And we think if we could just like, if I, this one person could just do this one thing to this one guy, then it would change things. Um, like it's, it's, it's like hard to work up the stamina for like the sustained kind of like collective activity that we need in order to like avert this future. Um, and, and especially cause it's even hard to imagine it differently. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there has to be a positive like humanistic way to think about this and I think that you know us on the left and just we we tend to want to point up and look at you know capitalism and its main actors as like the issue and stuff but I think when we want to think about what we're going to do like it can be helpful to look at our immediate surroundings and it could be helpful to like try to begin to articulate and manifest the different struggles of peoples right like how does the, the organizing of Amazon's Poland's workers relate to the grad strike of Columbia? How, how are all our struggles, like what works? Like what is working on the ground when we're talking to each other and like identifying issues and things we don't have? There's a lot, there's a lot that works actually on the ground. 
So I think that, you know, while our, us critiquing the top and like people like Bezos and these systems are important, like what's going to actually pull us out of this and like actually give us material change is possibly just like in our communities and our workplaces and, and our ability to like link our struggle to other people's struggles, like regardless. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess, uh, if you guys don't have anything, if you have anything else you want to, we're at about an hour. If you have anything else you want to um, mention, um, sp speak now or, or forever hold your peace until I uh, read yet another Karl Marx quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> Time. Time. <laughs> you're so stoned oh my god <laughs> Am I, I was also I, I have a quote that i wanted it's like my favorite quote but if sam is gonna read a quote directly after okay, we can let's have just more do quotes we're, we're just do doing quotes quote anyway, um so i i um i i made it through capital the first time i made it through i did it with a group because if i read it by myself i would have been like what the fuck is this even say um because i'm dumb but uh i uh but yeah, there was one that's in, in, in uh, volume one that really stuck out to me, which was when Mark says, um, he says it's something like when workers cooperate, they strip off the fetters of their individuality and develop the capabilities of their species. And I read that and I was like, damn, like I've been told the fucking opposite my whole life. Like pop psychology these days is all like dump your friends who make you <laughs> feel sad. Um, you know, strike out on your own. Like the, the, even the hero's journey and like Star Wars and stuff like that, you, it's about like um, obviously a part of it is like inspired by Buddhism and like for, for going attachment, but the hero's journey is also very um, individualistic. And it's like, you have to leave people behind to do what's right for them. Like you have to, or like bat, you know, even like a shitty recent example, like the, you know, the dark Knight movie, it's all like, Oh, he's the hero that Gotham deserves or needs not the one it deserves or whatever the fuck the dichotomy there was. But um, <laughs> there was always this sense of like, yeah, like, the way things get done is when like one great man stands up and answers the call, um, which makes for a fun like movie or a story, but it's not at all how society has ever worked. And I thinking about that, I was just like, I was blown away. And um, like Kevin, what you were saying about like how some things on the ground work well, that's true. Like, okay. The fact that you're able to get a lot of resources through Amazon should be a good thing. And the reason you could say it happens, I mean, there's bad ext extractive policies that they have but they also i mean people working together can accomplish a lot i mean and there's no reason to discount that there are examples you can point to and if you start doing that uh you start seeing about seeing how like you know if you've ever been through like the checkout line at a costco like those people are working like really well together <laughs> and they like and that's like that is beautiful and it's not like i have to thank the ceo of costco for right. that necessarily like i right. think it's like maybe there's a, a process that we can start like kind of cracking yourself out of this mentality by seeing like how things actually work. Like the only th right. way things work is when people work together. It's not just like some guy in an ivory tower dreams. But specifically something work together to subvert power. Like, mm -hmm. like when we organize and like try to fight for what our labor means, right? Like I think there's a lot there and there's, a, you know, labor historians can talk a lot more. Even Jason might be able to talk more about this, but um, it's just, there's a long history there and there's a long history of victories and long history of things that have worked for us and how we live today. And I think that's where we have to look. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. in that case, like I, I, I feel like when there are things like that, that work, they want to point out to, 
one person who you know if you talk about yes. the soviet union um yes. like plenty of things p- people were there's plenty of like everyday heroism and people working well together and then there was stalin killing every revolutionary but um if you ask like a liberal about the soviet union they would never tell you about any of the good things they would only right. tell you like this one dastardly man right. um created a dictatorship or the same thing with cuba they, they wouldn't mind to say cuba's a dictatorship i'm like they changed head of state as many times as we did in the last 12 years what do you fucking want like <laughs> me alone i don't know like <laughs> like yeah like they, people are always like oh nothing works there because it's badly governed and i'm like no, no. plenty of things work there everything because, works here <laughs> and yeah yeah as if anything works here but plenty of things work really well there and it's because people work together and like that's Despite like fight the embargo and shit <laughs> yeah yeah there's like everyday heroism and people like sticking out their neck for one another and you know and altruism is not um alien to the human species it's not even alien to the animal kingdom plenty of most animals a lot of animals exhibit altruism sometimes even not for the propagation of their own species just because it's like their nature to do so so um i don't know it's it's not like this weird thing i think is what i wanted to say about with like that marx quote is like you shouldn't feel weird about seeking out like conformity like if it leads you something bad isn't isn't good but like if you if you feel a connection with a group, um, there's, you shouldn't face this pressure to like strike out and become an individual or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You can even, uh, I mean, I, I agree. I think altruism is just uh, as much a part of human nature uh, as everything else. Uh, but um, you don't even need the altruism, just cooperation. Yeah. Uh, like, factories the industrial revolution only happened because you're able to get a bunch of people in one place and cooperate and like have them cooperate to uh mass produce products and whatnot um so it's cooperation isn't is necessary to human survival whatever uh whatever the political economy of your society is Yeah. yeah yeah It would be cool if, uh, you know, moving forward, because everyone's so atomized these days, if it just really fucks up their labor process. But I'm thinking in the U.S., they don't even really rely on like they do rely on American labor, but they also export or outsource so much stuff. We're like a dumping ground for products made. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hey, and and we dump our trash there. (laughs) My dissertation is actually about um, how. My, the migration as a global labor supply. So I think, you know, our industry migration is heavily a feature of capitalism. It's immigration is a capitalist invention the way we see it today. So I completely agree. But if I could just say one thing, yeah. like probably my last thing, but I think that it's really important to look at the last few months, especially like at the start of this pandemic, there was... I think a lot of people on the left feel this kind of disappointment too, but there was a real moment there. Like there was a real moment when we fantasized about seizing control and seizing power and like standing up for ourselves as workers. And I think that, you know, they successfully thwarted that, but you know, when the pandemic first started, like bosses were scared, like people were, people were organizing and being like, I want a safe environment. You know, I don't want to fucking die and come to work. And that cooperation was power it, it, we were subverting power so hard that they were literally terrified you know and that, that may have been a brief moment in history but we just have to wreck i think one, one thing this pandemic showed us is that like it is so possible like we're so in this right now and we think that it's hopeless and we it's easy to feel like it's hopeless but 
maybe it's not like, I think, I don't think it's as hard as we think. I just think that we just fall victim to becoming confused and not knowing who the enemies are and our friends are. And yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you that there was like a, a moment last summer where I was like, maybe things are going to, maybe things are going to fall apart are actually going to be destabilized and maybe in a good way. Um, and I always find that like the petty divisions that people feel between one another um, and like the cynicism you see on like social media or in like interpersonal react interactions, like when you're in like a protest or like um, on the ground somewhere, like if it's a good one, then you, all that stuff sort of like melts away and you see how people can cooperate. And then something else that I think about is, um, you know, if Bezos wants to go to the moon and stuff, he's going to need us to do it. You know, like, uh, like at the end of the day, these guys aren't going to be able to wreak their most twisted fantasies on us um, unilaterally. Not yet. I mean, they may try to get there, but um, I don't know. Like in the meantime, they're not going to get there without us. So hopefully yep. that's like some, uh, a positive note to end it on. Uh, Jason, I feel like you're itching to get off your last Marx quote. <laughs> no, he's not. No, anymore. I was just petting Lou. Uh, <laughs> but you're just scratching your marks itch but yeah uh, i this was uh, I, thank you guys for joining do you have anything to plug to the hog fans i do not i am a failure of an academic and have nothing in the works <laughs> but hey that's that's okay that it's okay <laughs> that's a cool radical academic thing to do though yeah like, exactly like working on anything right i'll now. do anything <laughs> <laughs> radical laziness Right, right. Uh, check out Cosmonaut Magazine. Um, it's a little too... Never mind, Dan, cut that part. <laughs> Let me start over. <laughs> He's not cutting anything. <laughs> Jason, just uh, plug my girlfriend's your thing. Always taking faces at me. Okay, Stop. Well, Jason, <laughs> just, plug, uh, just plug your thing. Plug, plug Co I, I will plug Cosmonaut for you. They're great. Uh, Cosmonaut Magazine. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, they. I, Jason writes for them, um, and they're. Uh, I. I. I uh, am can only go so far into the world of theory because, as you guys have heard for the last hour or so, I'm very dumb. Um, no. But if you're if you're into this sort of stuff and you like the you know talking about things theoretically, then like Cosmopod is really like they've got some really dense analysis. I understand some of the episodes. Uh, I really like their episode about their podcast episode about um about cuba during the special period um and they they're just putting out lots of great content and it's very smart so uh definitely that's something you should check out if you're interested in this um i will plug uh ward two mutual aid which is the uh aid organization that i uh have been working with in uh, my neighborhood in dc uh they do great direct action and work with the with the homeless and they do grocery distribution and a bunch of other things mm -hmm. they desperately need money so if you're a rich person listening to this or even if you have like a little extra money to throw, I mean, $5 a month goes a long way for them. And uh, I think it's definitely worth your time. And I'll put the donation link in the show notes um, so you can check them out and see what they're about. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, this is Hog Planet. And uh, no apologies to Dan for the shitty production on this. Figure it out. <laughs>